right. So, hey, Shay. Hey, Astrid. How are you doing? Girl, you know, we doing well. We in pandemic chic fashion right now and nighttime couture nighttime because I told you I literally have four pairs of pajama pants and like you know four or five tops that I just rotate that's if it's cold I wear one pair if it's hot I have another that is my life right about now I don't know what jeans are I don't know if I could return back to them I actually wore jeans yesterday for the first time and I literally felt irritated. I was like, I need to go back home and put on my nighttime couture. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I'm going to put on jeans and actually start walking like this is really uncomfortable. The same thing. I mean, granted, I have to go into work, so I do wear a bra. But like even wearing (laughs) that all day. Yeah. Mm -mm. At least you leaving the house to go somewhere. You are right. I have a, I have a, a touch of the outside. Mm-hmm. I'm stuck with the minions all day. You mean your lovely fans? Mm-hmm. My only fans. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. Why did we say we were doing this? The world's not ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little, a little petty, a little sarcasm, a little ratchetness. Everything rolled into one. Mm-hmm. So where should we begin? I guess, I the guess be- from how our relationship started. Right. Like let them, let them know how our relationship blossomed, so they know why we're here, how we got here. Okay. So y'all. Our story begins on the lovely and interesting realm of Instagram, where um, social media is what you make it. And me and Astrid actually found ourselves in a poetry pod together. Mm -hmm. Hashtag, uh, I found her on the gram. Literally, it was it was a gram find. So at the time, we were both like starting out in the aspect of like now being as you would say in the IG world like you I don't know if y'all remember actually I don't know if you remember but I didn't even have my photo up on Instagram I was like a little cartoon character yeah you had a cartoon but it was cute it looked like you it did it did the the funniest thing is the first time which is skipping we went live together and they're like oh my gosh they're black And people were so happy we were black. Do you remember that? It was when we were doing the, um, we started. So me and Astrid, our first venture together was doing After Dark. You remember AF Whispers? Mm-hmm. I remember that. I almost forgot about, see, when we write our memoir, that's one of those projects where people be like, you know, and their first attempt was AF Whispers, which actually was going really well. Yes, it was. It was, it was definitely increasing and people loved it, but we couldn't keep up with it all. Yeah. Um, Y'all wanted a lot for us at that time. And we were still like getting to know what we wanted to put up mm-hmm. there. So I remember at that time too, that's when you were actually sending out little like snippets of Serpent's Rattle for us, like for people to like look at and review. You were doing your cover. Mm-hmm. I mean, but before all of that, I loved how we were all part of the chat. You were probably the quietest one. And Ooh. I was like, hold up. Where does whole other page come from? You ain't say nothing about you being a model. How tall are you? <laughs> oh my gosh when people yes when y'all figured out I had like a whole other identity Mm -hmm. I think that's when you realize Astra might be just a tad bit cray cray she did a whole investigation on my ass you know what it was because like you said before we even started working with each other and like talking it was because anytime anyone else we were in chat with would like bring a conversation if we weighed in on it 
it was like, you could tell it's like, okay, you know, a little something, something. Cause like the first time, you know, I kind of saw you giving people motivation or allowing people, you know, space to be like, okay, well, this is what you should do. I'm like, okay. So she does things outside of poetry. Like I was just watching. I'm like, she's smart. Like this is this. And I don't know if anybody else in the chat peeped that early on, but I, I definitely peeped that early on. Like, yo, she, she knows what she's talking about. Oh, you mean before I was like, um, I have a whole career outside of here. Um, Listen, you see, and like I said, I feel like we, we skipping, at least I'm skipping around a bit, but I think when it, it hit everybody in our chat that you did other stuff was when we finally met each other in person and you rolled up, you rolled up and picked us up in that car and everybody said, oh, this is not. <laughs> yeah, I drive a, a BMW X3, so. Listen, everybody jumped into that like, what you do? Mm-hmm. He said, yes, I, I am in corporate. Um, I do go to work every day. <laughs> I mean, listen, I wasn't going to go in there and being like, I really don't need this uh, IG stuff. I'm here because I'm starting something that I'm finally passionate about. But it was just, I think it was just interesting to me because I was like, so who works? Because... Uh, without, you know, giving away people, I'm like, you guys are always on here. Like, I'm like, <laughs> you was right. my notifications and stuff, because I was like, I can't work and all these things keep popping up. Like, do y'all work? Right. And if, and like you, and one thing I think you said at one point, it was like, and what work do you do? Like you said, not try to make people feel bad, but it's like, at the time, it was like some of us had more strenuous like things like because at the time I was a whole counselor with like homeless youth. So it's like you said, sometimes it's like I might be able to, you know, sneak a quick message, but people be like, Shine, where are you at? It is like, yo, do you know the crises that happen at my job like on a daily? Like three people wanting to like run away is like a minimum occurrence. Like that is just like an average day where I used to work. Like, what happened? Oh, so-and-so wanted to run away. Okay. Oh, what was for dinner? Like, that? (laughs) I've told you about my job, Astrid. It was just, like, the regular occurrence. So, I personally was, like you said, it was, like, time periods I would be on there. I would jump on. That's why I would always miss things. I See, you. I was that person who would just come in and be like, wait, what happened? I'd have to scroll up, read, scroll back down. Be like, oh, that's what we talking about? We, we did, used to write novels back then. We used to write. So that so I think where, you know, once we started meeting each other in person, so, yo, so now we, like, moving from being in the IG chats to now we start popping up at the same open mics. And this is when I've definitely realized Asher was someone, I'm like, yo, she she's a person I, I definitely want to get to know better because – you were always someone who was just firm in your decision making. So like you said, without giving too much away, me and Asher were both going to do an open mic and the weather was terrible. And me and Astrid are like, normally we are the outlier people. You're in Pennsylvania. I'm in Jersey. Well, at the time I was in Jersey. So a lot of times when people would have us go, it was always in the New York. Everything we did was in New York, right? It costs a lot of money to get to New York. Mm-hmm. Astrid said it does Mm -hmm. so I remember you know it was like a horrible storm and folks were still trying to have this open mic and I'm sitting here like I really don't want to go you know but at the time I was still shy quiet I didn't know how to just be like you know y'all can do what you want I'm gonna stand by myself and Astrid came to this like the chat with performers and was like um, do y'all see what it looked like outside? I'm not going. And everyone have a great show. And then everyone poured in with the same. We're like, yeah, it's a dub. And when I saw that, I'm like, no, she got something here. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, yeah, I remember. So, all right. 
just to, to give you guys a little background, we were never like in the chat exclusively, like just Cheyenne and I. It was usually Cheyenne and I and like a good 15 or so other people. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, pods and IG, you know, people develop pods sometimes to try to increase their their followers or engagement or whatever if you notice especially big people who you follow they tend to have the same people uh comment and like all the time um i don't personally recommend them um because it's harder for you to reach your audience if it's the same type of people but just to to give you a little synopsis of how that works so if you want to be with you and a few girlfriends or whatever that could be a pod too so every time that something was going on they would put us in pods so a lot of times Cheyenne and I would be in like five six different pods and it's like you here too um so thanks (laughs) (laughs) so when the open mic thing came out you know, for us to go, I felt like me going to New York, like I had to go to New York because that's where a lot of like my folks, like my Afro-Latina folks and all of that would be at um, here close to like Philly. Like there is some stuff, but there isn't as much as there was in like New York. Right. And I was trying to push myself outside of my comfort zone because I used to suffer from really bad like stage fright I mean I still have it sometimes but not like I used to stage fright and me really like promoting my poetry I was like okay let me bite the bullet pay for this daggone tolls and um gas and put all this mileage on my nice car right Mm -hmm. and when that storm happened, all right, first of all, when just as soon as I see some snow, I'm, I start asking myself, how much do I really want to go, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like a heavy storm. I mean, we're not It was. About, yeah. I mean, the whole roof was caved in at the place because it it was that's the other thing it was outside mm-hmm. and they had like a I, I guess they put like a little something tarp? what would you call it like a tarp type of thing yeah, Not something, a, yeah. Like some glass thing or something that she put outside and the whole thing caved in here's here's what's funny y'all the person was still trying to have the open mic and I was the first one out of everyone that was like well you let me know when you figure that out but I just want you to know that I won't be there um yeah I have fun and <laughs> I promise you that's how that's how it went down and I love it that I think with me saying that, it literally gave everyone else permission to say how they really felt at the moment. Because it was like, instantly, I'm with Astrid. That was literally how their responses were. I'm with Astrid. I'm going to stay home. Because yeah, it was like, very much everybody was like, in in the middle, a lot of people were like, oh, well, let's see. Maybe we could put a time on it. Like, if you can get it together by this time. And then once Astrid said no, and that was the other thing. It was, like, maybe four or five people trying to, like, figure out the best solution. But once you said it's a dub, the rest of, like, the ten people came out. Because I feel like everybody was just watching the <laughs> the conversation. Like, please, please cancel it. I was like, no, I I won't be there. Look, you don't have to try to keep it for me because I won't be going. So you can you can find someone else to fill my spot. That's how I felt. I was not going to kill myself for no payment. I'm sorry. I mean, this is an open mic. Now, if I was Beyonce or Jay Z. And I had Netflix deal, and it's like $8 million or $10 million on the line. 
Um, yeah, I'm going to be looking for some resources. I'm going to be looking for different ways to make it there. I'm a, you know, I'm going right. to all of my resources, but for no payment, you, you guys will now have the luxury of putting that on my tombstone that Astrid died because she was trying to make an open mic in New York. Nope, nope, not going to give you the laughter of the century. And you know what? This is where, because again, this is now going back, which is which is insane to me, like a good year, but like year or two. Like, because like you said, our history is, which I think is interesting how fast time goes. Like to me, it feels like we just met each other. And I remember one day I'm like, Asher, we've like, we're about to know each other for like two years now. This is where I started to learn from you. You have to make your craft a priority in the aspect of what do you want from it like this is the biggest thing because you know during this time period and as we continue on the story this is when I already started thinking like I want Astrid to be my mentor because you know with her background in corporate and just her background and being able to stand confident in her decisions you know you can see that in like I said you can see that in your whole vibe your aura and you genuinely are like okay you could be mad you can feel like I you know am being extra but this is my decision actually today um with the post I made which was like yo you know put yourself on someone said what I was telling you about what we both agreed upon so many people want to just be in these spaces to feel like they're a cool kid Mm-hmm. And it's like you said, what is your goal? Like you're going to risk your life to just go somewhere where you're not getting paid. You're not really getting any type of exposure because it's the same type of people around. Like, what are you doing? And you have to sometimes be like, nope, like it's not about it. So that's like one of the biggest things I think at this point in like our friendship and learning, you know, about each other that I really was like, OK, she understands her worth. She's like, I am not worth a caved in ceiling during a snowstorm right and i mean not just knowing your worth but knowing the value of your worth because this goes back to a conversation that i've had in the past where there is a difference between your self-worth and valuing you know yourself and the difference is people will try to convince you that you should do things for free, that you should, you know, be doing something. Um, and it should be based on what they're requiring from you. And it's like, wait a minute. No, my time is valuable. Mm-hmm. My work is valuable, you know, and that's aside from what you think of yourself, Um like, if you don't assign a value to your craft, then everyone is going to take advantage of it. It's just like relationships. If you don't believe in your self-worth, whoever you're going to be in a relationship with, they're going to take advantage of you. You place that value on yourself. And um, I always find it hella funny that Cheyenne literally was just, yeah, that's my mentor. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I was. <laughs> so I just, I just took, I just literally proclaimed her. I'm like, okay, that's my mentor. And I was like, okay. I mean, I don't have a problem with this. I see potential in you. Cause let me tell you, if you didn't, I would have been like, please, please stop it. Just don't even. <laughs> she would have been like, don't at me. In, in your in your attempt but you know what it is and this is where because like me and you have these conversations constantly and it comes down to like I I told you I gra- I'm I'm in like my junior senior year in a Fergatel University right um <laughs> to the point where now I'm giving out other people you know the same advice and the same guidance that you gave me but it really comes down to you know, as you said, like, what is your goal? What's your end goal? And again, and that can be forever changing. Cause like you said, where we started when we first met in a pod where like people didn't even know what we looked like. I was a cartoon. You were literally putting together the cover for Serpent's Rattle. We didn't see, you know, in the aspect of how we were going to get to where we are in that way. Did we see ourselves where we want to be? Yeah. We've been seeing ourselves on, you know, Oprah's couch, 
mm-hmm. Ben saw our stuff, do an interview with Marie Forleo. We just didn't know how exactly, you know, that ride was going to be. But I think because we always knew we had value and we needed to have value, or at least, like I said, myself learning that more, it made the transition easier. Mm -hmm. And I think a big thing about us that a lot of, you know, friend groups I feel like don't have, and I tell people about this all the time, is accountability. Mm -hmm. Like, we'd be the first ones to be like, okay, so you you said you was doing this, and it's like, where is that? And even when we were operating with other people, we held or tried to hold the peers in our group accountable. And it's like you said, they, you know, as you would tell, they just didn't vibe with it. Yeah. They took it as a jab. And it's like, no, you said you was doing X, Y, and Z by this day. I'm letting you know it's the week of. Where is that? Mm-hmm. And see, that worked differently for some people. Like, some people, um, they... They, they're what they consider accountability can look differently, um, and and some people just have a really hard time accepting that maybe that thing that they want to do, the real reason why they're getting upset, is because they're not serious about it. Um, and to me, when I met you, Cheyenne, I knew that you were serious about it. Because even from the very beginning, you were like, like, I really want to make this work, but I'm trying to find my place, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like That is someone who is serious because she's not just doing this for fame or doing this for fun. She's doing it because she actually is trying to find her life's purpose. And she had already done, or I'm saying this like I'm talking to other people, but you had already done most of the work with you already being a nonprofit and you already being like a model and and doing a bunch of things beforehand. I was like, she's just not seeing herself in the light. Mm, I'm like, she has way more potential than the rest of us because like even for me with having a career in corporate, this is a complete pivot for me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like at the bottom, I'm a student, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm just navigating. Um, back then my Instagram wasn't as fly as it is now. Like it was literally just my notes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we really had our yep note sections and word documents going. Right. Like that's, really it wasn't even a picture of me like people had to scroll like all the way to the bottom bottom um so it took me getting over all of that and saying like oh do I really want to put my name out there and then me seeing like you Cheyenne saying well I'm still trying to figure this out I'm still you know I was like all right look I think we both have what each other is missing. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go in here and I'm going to tell her about herself and be like, okay, listen, you're going to need to dig in your bag because you got more potential than all of us. I think I was probably the only one who told you that like back then. And I, yo, I still remember that conversation. And I think even when we would be in our chat and I would have my moments, you would really say like, nah, like you got the most potential. Everybody else got quiet. (laughs) But you know why? And I tell Astrid, I'm waiting for the pick six numbers because Astrid, you really do have the third eye. Mm -hmm. Like some people be talking like I can see things. I'm like, no, Astrid really sees things. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, thank you. Um, I, I think I try to tap into my intuition. Some very seldomly I'll be mad, I'll be wrong. Uh, but not not most times. Um I just try to I guess show for people, okay, maybe, you know, it's harder for you to see this because it comes so naturally for you that it's easily missed, you know. 
Right. I get what you're saying. Like you do this, you know, so often that like, it's kind of like, oh, okay. And I think one thing I've actually learned, you know, now in life is that you don't start from ground zero. You start from ground experience, because I think, you know, especially at that time, like you said, with myself, particularly, I always did these type of things. Like you said, it was more just, okay, let's transition it into now I'm going to start doing poetry and start doing, you know, workshops centered around things I want to talk about. And, you know, because I think now we in this part of the story, let's call it what it is. Me and Astrid had haters by 7 a.m. on some days. Like me and Astrid woke up and had to bound up the devils before 7 a.m. We still do. We st- literally, y'all, like me, Astrid, we some days can open up our phones and it's like, yo, y'all up this early, really try to pop off. So it's like, I remember when, do you remember this, Astrid, when I started my workshops, when I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a, a, the mental health workshop. Why people got mad? Because again, accountability. People would tell me, because that's another thing. People love telling me and Astrid our ideas. And we will give you free, like, we actually give out a lot of free 99 information. Mm-hmm. We'll be like, yo, okay, word, write this down, do this, go on this, you know, site, make this flyer, do this event, maybe try these SEOs. We will craft you your whole event. We, our event planner is on our resumes at this point. We have like alternate resumes with as much free labor as we've given people. So to Astrid's point of I've been doing this, one day I, I constructed like a whole mental health workshop. And again, people was really coming as my DMs like, oh, you're stealing what we're trying to do. We wanted to do workshops. And I'm like, Astrid, uh, what are they? What is what is going on? And literally how she said, go in your bag. You remember I posted on my story a whole thread because this is going back to like 2019 for me in 2016, sitting with like the NFL and talking about like ending gender uh, ending gender based violence. I'm like what what y'all talking about? So I think being able to speak with you and be able to be like you said, I'm both a mentor to each other as well as a student, a teacher and a student, we were able to pick up those things like that each other had. Cuz like once people started doing those things, I'm like, "Yo, don't be mad at me that y'all not out here doing the things that you said you wanted to do." because that's really what it was and that's why I think you know we were left as the people that you know were standing with each other because when it really came down to it a lot of what we said we wanted to do it always happened it may not have happened like you said that month that week but it was because we didn't want popularity and I think like I said the conversation I've been having with a lot of people it's like and even the book we're reading resonate. Why do you, why are you doing this? Are you doing it just to get IG followers, just to be cool? Or are you doing it because, as you said, you actually want to make a difference? Because people can tell the difference. Right. And um, are you tapping into something that you're really passionate about? Or are you just pretending to be passionate about it? Ooh. Tweetable. Look, um, <laughs> that is where that write that down. Write that. You got. You can listen. I'm telling you, Ashley, get your tweet book. Got to get the. I'm telling you, I have a whole book for quotes, tweets, things I say while I talk to people. I'm like, ooh. I'm like, I'm not. So I got. I got a note section where things not even to post. Things are that are gonna be in my book. Like yeah, things that are not even free ninety nine words. Like it's like, wait a minute. Y'all need to pay for this. These these quotes I have. Right. So, and that's, and even if y'all can hear, like, that's really how we talk to each other. Cause Asher, you could, I've literally stopped you in your tracks talking and been like, yo, write that down. <laughs> that's a workshop. Please note that. I'm actually noting it now. But it's, it's true. It is Just true. People pretend out here, you know, that to be passionate about something because it is, um, popular, you know, mm-hmm. um, like all of a sudden, how many people don't you know all of a sudden are now interested in diversity or culture diversity? Uh, yep. Because it's, it, I think you have a shirt, you know. Everybody about, wants to be black when it's trending. Right. 
And that's the difference. Like, are you doing something because you're truly passionate about it? Or are you a, a, a person who chases whatever is trending? Are you, are you pretending? Who are you, like, who are you uh, trying to convince? Are you lying to yourself or are you lying to the people around you or both, you know? Oh, I see. I like that as well. And I think there is a difference between, like you said, people transitioning themselves into different mediums, because this is one thing I tell people, like you said, the person that you are, the things that you really believe in, it don't matter if you're a baker, art teacher, I don't know, a, a gym teacher, fitness trainer, your message will go across the board. Because like you said, you can teach diversity and all of those jobs and all of those different mediums of communication, of leadership and X, Y, and Z. But when you are not someone who genuinely thinks these things, like you said, it can, it can, it can be felt because where it started getting spicy, they started getting spicy is when we started peeping some of the very people y'all, we were in some of these groups with and these pods with their message while we were talking with them one-on-one was not what they were talking about on their pages. Mm-hmm. Like they're spewing hate and doing things in front of our face, but then preaching, you know, love and all this stuff. And it's like, wait a minute, that those two things don't, you, you can't, mm. And this is what I truly believe. And if you leave, if you read anyone, you know, because me and Ash's book is Everything is Figureoutable. We are reading Resonate right now. One of my um, books is by Marshawn Evans Daniels, Believe Bigger. Like they say, everything done in the dark is going to come out to the light. You will always see people's true intentions. Mm-hmm. And you will always see who people really are. So I, what would happen was, and I definitely feel like this is where, um, I know I can speak for myself. I was tested as a person because as much was getting thrown at me to this day, you know, how, you know, like I said, our, our relationship with these other people we were with in these chats is like non-existent at this point. But I believe it's because regardless of what was said about me or said about you, Astrid, we was always the same all the way through. Mm-hmm. We had the same language you know our 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 message and our demeanor did not change you still gonna get the same vibe from me i'm still posting the same things meanwhile every time something happens over there it goes flip floppy which is why my tweet from a few days ago was some people can never tell the truth because it discredits the story they've been telling because mm-hmm. it's like you come over to our side we've been we've been chilling I, like you said, why people are like, how do you have an audience? Because my message is the same all the way through. Even if people put steam under my behind, even if I have a flame under my butt, I'm still not changing. Right. And I mean, for you, it's also, um, I'm like turned here. For you, it's also that you have, you, 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 you stick to a specific topic as well. You're very passionate about the topics that you talk about. I do have different, you know, topics because I'm a life coach, a certified life coach, correction. Um, (laughs) You know, some people be out here. Yes. You really need to understand the difference. There's difference. Yep. Cause this has been a lot of work. Um, I think after going through all of this, I would never hire someone who isn't certified. Um, but if you want to get your money's worth, definitely get someone who is certified. Um, and it's not about the accolade. It's more about all the work. Because if you simply rely on your experience in life, that's very small. Mm. That's, think of it like a, like a drop in a big ocean. You know? So... Right. That's the reason why people go through all that. I mean, would you go to a doctor who didn't go to school? Hell no. Would you go to a therapist who didn't go to school? No. And listen, you shouldn't. And from even seeing you, because I think I remember the day that you said, you know, I want to go get certified as a life coach. And I was like, okay, like, yeah, do that. But I, I, I love, honestly, seeing how much you as an individual have grown throughout this process. 
Mm-hmm. Like, cause literally y'all, like I would be on the phone, not to say, I like, again, not to say you weren't already in these mindsets. I think, like you said, it just gave you a deeper level understanding, which is why you go to programs, which is why you get certified because it, it literally, I think being a life coach was made for you. Yeah. Cause you were already kind of having do having to do this work. You were having these narratives. Like you already were like, your energy was already there. And that just kind of gave you that other layer of like, okay, great. So these, this is how you have these conversations. This is how you check these energies. This is how you do X, Y, and Z. And even our conversations, I can hear how much you learn, how much you question. And like I said, it's just, I personally am, am very happy that you did it. Cause like they say, you got to give people their flowers while they're alive. And I'm really proud that you did that. Oh, thank you, sir. I really am. Because like I said, a lot of people, I think it's hard for them to realize that I don't care. Like I said, I don't care if you're a pastry chef, a fitness coach or an art teacher. Everyone can learn. I know people like I told you, I know people who literally have their scripts, you know, I like things like BET right now. But guess what? They still got mentors. They still got coaches. Right, which is the whole principle of it. Everybody can be a student and and a teacher in the same situation. And you should keep, you know, like an open mind. And for me, that was why, like, I went. And it goes back to what I had said. Sometimes people see the true potential in you that you fail to see in yourself. And for me, that was life coaching, I think for the longest time, people were telling me that. And I was like, what the hell is a life coach? And I kept putting it off and putting it off because I was like, how can I become a life coach when I don't have my own life together? Here I am in the crossroad of corporate America that I have climbed up into senior management. And I'm ready to toss it all away for what? For writing? For for a passion? For something that I didn't know that was stable, you know, mm-hmm. with a family, because I have two children, with a family and and a house and all of the um, life expectations and responsibilities that, you know, you, you have. And it's like, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I was at a very uncertain time. And... I just decided one day, what do I have to lose, right? I mean, all I'm doing is gaining some knowledge. Worst case scenario is through this knowledge, I realize I can't be someone's life coach. But it took me going through this to realize what it is that I needed, right? So I threw it. And these people tell me, well, it's not your job to tell someone what to do with their life. That is not what a life coach is. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all I needed to hear. Sign me up. Um, where, where do I sign? You know. Um, and that's I'm how glad I- you said you said what you said. Okay, great. When is enrollment? <laughs> right. <laughs> and that's how I'm here. And and now I'm like I see the parts that I do naturally in. And that's why I say pay pay very close attention to the things you do well and the things you don't do well. And the things that Mm -hmm. people think of you about for being different, right? Because in life coaching, all of the things that people would pick on me about is why I'm a good life coach. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. And that's actually something my mom told me. And I do think people sometimes take it as a negative when it's like you like you just said, know the things you sometimes don't do well. And it's not a bad thing. Like my mom laughed at me, when, you know, sometimes because she's like, hey, at the end of the day, you you won't do this or you might not do this, but not in you won't do it, but maybe not you won't be taking this lane. Mm-hmm. So and I think sometimes it's OK to recognize things that are just not your craft or things that don't bring you enjoyment. And, you know, as we've talked about many a times, I do believe some of us are tired and we feel lost because we're trying to make things that are not clicking with us click. Like it's like a puzzle. If the piece don't put fit together, 
it doesn't fit together. You know, you can maybe you can be a teacher without being in a classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the fundamental aspect of being in a classroom is not your route of teaching. And like the book I love, Believe Bigger, that's one thing she talked about. Like your purpose is is something concrete. Your purpose of what you are here to do, whether you're a healer, whether you're a teacher, that's not going anywhere. But your calling, you know, of where you're going to be in this world at any given time, that's forever changing. And I think where we, you know, as you said, how we got here now is the uncomfortability we were feeling. Because in the book, and I love that she pinpointed this, I think was us spiritually, in a sense, being moved out of where we were. Because we all, I feel like it was like you said, like personally within our own lives and even when it came to dealing with other people, it was just like a lot of uncomfortability. Mm Mm-hmm. It was just a lot of like, I'm just not vibing with this. I'm not vibing with the job. I'm not vibing with these people. What is going on? And I and that honestly, I believe was a spiritual shift. Yeah, that uncertainty. And that also is something that um, I had to learn as well through life coaching and something that a lot of us even know we innately know, but we ignore, which is our intuition. Our intuition will tell us before we consciously know why something works or doesn't work. Innately, we know it intuitively. But for some reason, that voice that that is always honest, we tend to tone down the volume and we heighten up the volume of society and every one of those around us. That, you know, whose intention you actually don't know. Right? Yep. So for me, it was taking the leap of faith. Like you said, spirituality, taking the leap of faith, seeing where this was going to take me. And everything that people were trying to say that I didn't do well before, like before, I would get accused of not being a good communicator because I was silent most of the time. Guess what? That's what makes me a really good life coach, because I will sit there and be silent and hold space for you and let you figure this out. Mm. Instead of sitting here being like everyone else who's giving you advice and quite frankly, isn't even working, because if it was working, you wouldn't be looking for a life coach. Yep. And giving you, like you said, unsolicited advice, because many a times, like you said, people actually just want someone to listen and a lot of times you know they just want someone to hold space for them like that's where like even um learning what I what I've known doing mental health you know classes and different certifications that's the biggest thing that they teach us it's like honestly yes as a counselor you are supposed to give people options you're supposed to be like okay great like you, you have a problem. My job is to give you a solution. But many a times you can't even give people a solution if they don't even realize there's a problem. And that's one thing I've just learned even from doing my work with doing, you know, counseling with with my clients who were, like I said, back in New Jersey when they were homeless. And I think a lot of times people sometimes don't realize even and I'm sure, you know, as a life as a certified life coach, they don't even realize what actually is the issue. Like they think the issue is A and you're able to be like, nah, you got a problem actually with like G. Right. And a lot of times that's what happens. Usually you go in thinking you're going to work on one thing and it turns out that it was something completely different that was keeping you from doing that. And that is what you navigate through. And the other thing as well, to add on to what you're saying, Cheyenne, it's that my solution is a solution that works for me. It's not always a solution that's going to work for you. So that's why, like, even when we talk, even as friends, where I'll be like, all right, let me put on my life coaching hat, because we do do this, y'all. I put on so many hats. (laughs) She's literally been my life coach, and you know what I'm talking about, and then said, Hold on one second. Bitch, don't you ever do that shit again. Okay, I'm back. Like, she's literally paused to let me know she came out of life coaching 
to be like, now I'm friend Astrid. But like I told you, I need to make a TikTok video because a lot of my friends are therapists and then I have you as a life coach. Y'all all are the same. Y'all will be the professional side first. And then after I made a decision, and I think it was, you know, because at the end of the day, I think internally we're human beings. You know in your head what you want the answer to be. You're like, you know, I my hope for so-and-so is that they do this. So once I do, you know, what you or my other friends hope I do, that's when y'all go into front mode. Like, girl, thank God. <laughs> I'd be crying because y'all were like, I'm taking a non biased, you know, in the middle stance. And how do you feel about this Tuesday, Wednesday? Yeah, I did this. Girl, thank God, because I'm about to be mad as hell at you for not. (laughs) (laughs) But right. So, you know, but you got to figure that out. You got to figure out your own solutions. And that's why life coaching is different from like therapy and everything else. And I really do enjoy it because of that reason, because it's like, listen, no one said you had to do it this way. Even if they said, who made them right? Have you ever questioned that? Mm-hmm. And you know, the wheels start learning, like start turning. And it's like, if it's not working, let it go. No one said you had to hold on to it. You're telling yourself. That you have to hold you on. You hold on to it. Well, it goes back to um the panel that we did, um where, uh, with you and Michelle for Young Bashi that we just did on the aspect of traditions. Like just because y'all learned it and so and so did it, didn't mean it was right then. Doesn't mean it's right now. Mm-hmm. Like I love that post I saw a while ago, which is like, oh. People, you know, are waiting longer to get married or they're not, you know, they're they're getting out of a relationship before they get married or they're getting divorced. And it's like, you know, back in the day, our grandparents were married for 50 years and they said, and grandma should have probably left grandpa too. (laughs) But it's true. Like a lot of times when you look at our past and like, again, even looking at a societal past relationships, for example, that is one of the best teaching. How many women we're in relationships, literally the laws saying that you don't, you can sexually assault your wife and it's legal. And yet we base marriage standards on that. Mm-hmm. Like if you went to college, you learned how to be a housewife and you tell me, why can't we be like that? That what? This is not the forties and the fifties. And like you said, I think it's the same with people's mindsets today. I think people don't realize, which is why one of my favorite books is, you know, you are a badass because it literally shows you in in its own way because it's a book for you to start that process of being like, listen, you can do anything you want to do. You have to unlearn with your mind. Like my favorite example she gave, you want to travel, but you learned that fun is reckless. Therefore, your passport is blank. Mm-hmm. We associate and I know I'm a big I know for a long time that was me. I always associated subconsciously because that's the thing. A lot of these thoughts are subconscious fun with being reckless because I always had to be serious and you always had to get A's and you couldn't go out. You couldn't do this. So even though I wanted to do these things, like I would guilt myself when I would go out or I would guilt myself when I would have fun. Like who goes out and is mad that they had fun? Right. And but see, like, I'm learning. Right. And that's why you need to address the relationship that you have with yourself, because what you tell yourself is what you believe. So if you're sitting there saying, I'm poor, I'm this, guess what? You are poor. If you're sitting there saying, I'm reckless because I'm having fun, then guess what? You are reckless. Mm -hmm. If you're saying, I'm lazy because I like to rest, then guess what? You are lazy. So you have to address the relationship you have with yourself. And that is the most important relationship that you can have above all other relationships. And going to and going back to what you were saying about the past, one of my favorite novels that I have read um, that definitely shifted my perspective more from a empathetic and sometimes even sympathetic side was Dominicana. Mm. And Dominicana by Angie Cruz really talks about how things used to be back in the day, especially for 
women like me who were born in Dominican Republic. And when you come from a third world country, everyone in the third world country is in survival mode. In survival mode, that means you will literally sell what's mostly sacred to you Mm. so you can survive. So when you start looking at these two perspectives and these two narratives, it helps you also see the different perspectives in any kind of argument. It's not just a, I'm right, you're wrong. You're, I'm good, you're bad. Like, no. Right. You can both be wrong. You can both be right, you know? Or there is no such thing as being wrong or right. Maybe it's just a time thing, you know? So in Dominicana, she talks about how her mom even though it's not written a memoir, it's more of a fictional, but it is based on a true story. This little girl was literally sold off or married off. Um, And the expectation of the family was that the family was brought to the U.S. She, in the story, Dominicana, Angie, or Angela, I think it was that was called in there, she was 15. The guy was like 35 Mm. and he literally gives her um he get he gets her drunk literally on their honeymoon night so that he takes her virginity and then brings her to the u.s they give her a fake passport where they make her 18 to come to the u.s And then she comes to the U.S. and she ends up pregnant. And she would do stuff like eat from a chess boyardee just because, you know, like they were poor. But he got to eat the real meal. Yep. One who's pregnant. You know what I'm saying? But this Mm -hmm. is the mentality of how women were raised back then. And they were married off at a young age. Today, that's called statutory rape. You can't do And then this whole expectation of responsibility, like you're responsible for your family, your family's future is your response. That responsibility word weighs heavy, heavy, especially on us immigrants. Very, very heavy, which is why... Um, if you if you put immigration and slavery side by side, the mentality is very close. Yeah, close. It is. It is a very close thing. And I, you know, being friends with people who are, you know, first generation um, and like a lot of different, you know, cultures and different things like that and groups, they've all, in a sense, had the same narrative of like, I don't get the option to just basically do whatever I want. Like, it is always weighing on me, this thing of, like you said, hey, um, we are either poor or we are giving up everything so you could do better. So, like, what's up? And like you said, it's like that that just weighing thing of, like, you you literally feel like you are mentally in a box. And this is where I definitely think, you know, us being able to because, like, like we said, we've either just been us talking with each other us because this is not the first time we've done a podcast episode together or us even like doing collaborations together this is where I feel like it is such a a dynamite hit because we do come from different aspects of life but still have the same thought process and a lot of things Mm -hmm. because like you said that I remember when you first told me about that and I'm like wow yeah like that's not okay at all but like you said that is a norm for so many people even currently Mm -hmm. and that's where you know jumping into all like because we can talk about many topics that's like getting into this little boozy thing about him literally setting up his son and his nephew to be raped as 13 and how he the son just turned 13 I don't know how old the nephew was probably we can assume that he was around the same age and people you know not really grasping well why do we need to talk about that because in a lot of black and brown households and like at least for me speaking uh, the black households 
that's something that happens. Y'all be over here just subjecting men to being sexually assaulted in the, in the title of manhood and then tell them nothing happened and to suck it up and, and be okay with it. Yeah, similar to what happens to women. Yeah. And the sad part is every woman knows at least someone in every room she steps into who has been sexually assaulted. At least one. And for men, like, it's getting worse and worse because I feel like in the name of masculinity, they almost don't even realize how they can be victims of sexual assault. I agree. I, I, I think a lot of it comes down to having to understand, like you said, that masculinity is not contingent on you having sex or being forced to have sex and especially like at such an early age and when I have these conversations with people my first thing is like okay well let's let's flip it because for you not you but for a lot of people it's like if it was a a young boy who was 10 and something sexual happened with someone who was like 17 no one no we don't see a problem with that okay but if you if it was a young girl who still people don't see a problem with it'd be like oh well that's different and it's like why and I believe across the board we have such a problem when it comes to this narrative of sexual violence like our our global narrative because even globally still which is crazy to me like 35 percent of women like you said will be sexually assaulted and that's not a country statistic that is a global statistic that's sad I thought it was higher than that. It might. Listen, actually, we in pandemic, it might have gotten higher over mm-hmm. these past. Because I think that one, that's the lot. Because I was just in a presentation. I feel like it was from maybe the latest was like 2017. That was like the earliest statistic they had. But honestly, it might jump. And even how we just noted the pandemic. People don't realize how we said before. These things were never okay. And it is unfortunate sometimes that it takes very strenuous situations for us to see things. But this is the highest volume of domestic violence calls that centers have had since the pandemic has happened. Mm-hmm. Like they were like, we've never seen so many calls. And it's like, you know, we both said because people are home now, you know, that the, even if, if you're a child, you know, because children abuse has gone up. You going to school was literally that eight hours of just a safe haven. Mm-hmm. That basketball practice was maybe an extra two hours or, you know, you were in theater or whatever you did. And now you're all home together. And I think taking it back to, like you said, why we are doing this, why we're doing episodes together, why we collab in our friends is because, like you said, our mission across the board is to talk about these things and to, at the end of the day, like, be, even if it's just in our life, even if we can daily make one change, that's what we do. And like you said, you can listen to our podcast, y'all. Y'all can go on our website. Y'all can go on our IG post. This is really how we are. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think one of the things I appreciate about you, because I'm this way, being a woman of color, which is unfortunate, but you can't hold these conversations without sometimes the statistical knowledge because people listen I people question us like you would not believe and that's a whole other convo but we gonna have we gonna do that we have to do that another day but I'm gonna touch on it what black and brown women women in color in business are held to in a in a in a I don't even know the word for it we are held to a standard that is honestly sometimes unreasonable compared to our white counterparts we can't mess up we have to come with certificates, with statistics, with, with you know, strong arguments, all of these different things. So I think part of that, like, I've always been someone who likes knowledge, but I also think a big part of that is being able to have these conversations and make change as a Black woman. I have to make sure I have all my information fact-checked and correct. Because people... Yeah, I mean, that, that can be two-folds, too, though, because... We can say that as well, and that can be a limiting belief as well. And that puts unnecessary pressure on ourselves. 
so that when it's time to really be like, I can't do this or be vulnerable, it's very hard for us. Sometimes I think it was that girl who I had on my podcast, Kiera, she said it best. Sometimes magic is not enough. Like sometimes you are a woman at the end of the day. But as far as society goes, like you said, you know, society does have this sort of outlook like, oh, um, we should question the black or brown girl versus a white counterpart. Right. And they mm-hmm. will come at you. But that's because they feel like you're you're a easier target, you know. Right. So. Yeah, we will feel a lot of times like we need to do all the extra to show up and all the extra to to be at our best. But I also want like, you know, the black and brown girls or anyone in general, for that matter, who's listening to this to let that go as well. You know, let that let that limiting belief go as well, because sometimes we put unnecessary pressure on ourselves to um, try to keep someone else happy. And it's like, for what? If that person doesn't see you as being worthy or educated enough, do you really want that person to be like a client or or yeah. person who's buying it? Let it go. Let it go. Mm-hmm. If you always have to, like you said, like make them feel comfortable with your knowledge. And that's why, you know, saying no or even severing those things is also an answer. And it's also okay because again, like you said, that's another thing a lot of us do is that we feel like we have to prove ourselves. And like me coming out of that, um, cause I think I talked to you about it before. Like I believe like you could be knowledgeable of something without having to, not to say, I guess, act within it, but it's like how we've said before, okay, we know, for example, we're women of color. So we know sometimes when we're in predominantly white spaces, I'm very much aware of sometimes the dynamic that goes on. That doesn't, like you said, make me any less than. In fact, that makes me proud. I'm happy to be like, okay, great. I'm here and this is what I prepared for you and and this is the information. And I think when we give in to these mindsets, like you said, that I have to do all of this, I have to do all that, that's where burnout happens. Mm-hmm. because listen I when I was younger I told you I used to be you could catch me on Facebook arguing with you I would entertain some arguments and now like I'm just like okay well this is my information these are my resources I even gave you pages and articles that you can read and if you don't want to believe it because that's another thing sometimes which is what I've learned in our friendship a lot you will just come across people y'all that don't want to listen like they just want to argue they actually don't want to learn. And that's perfectly fine. You don't give your energy to that because you will see a difference. I've talked to people who might disagree, but they genuinely want to understand what I'm talking about. And it's like, okay, well, here, read this stuff and then let me know what you find out. And then you go come across people who, listen, at the end of the day, I can literally move a mountain and they're still going to say it was fake. So right. it is what it is. Right. And with that note, we will continue with our conversation uh, next month. Yeah, this, these this are is a monthly thing. Yeah, our monthly conversations. So, welcome, you guys. <laughs> yes, now that you know how we met and you get a little bit of our thought process. Um, because, like we said, me at see, I think we should just drink wine and record these. It'll get real interesting. We should and, just drink water one day and just see what happens. Right. And just let, also, if people want to send us some topics or some questions, you know, oh that helps too. Yeah. So we can get these, these things resurrect, resurrect some AF, whisper, AF whispers over here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do we still have that Google Drive? Yeah, we still have that, I think. That, yeah. We still have that. Oh my gosh, y'all. It was really a thing. It was a page and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, I, we still have it. But yes, yeah, so be sure to follow us individually. So you got Astrid at, at Astrid underscore Ferg. 
and website ashaferguson.com which is going to take you to a fergatale the university part isn't made yet y'all you gotta give her some time y'all been dming her a lot y'all got her booked up with some of these consultations so you gotta wait she gonna she gonna construct this university i pro- i proclaim it Ashley. you got a university coming um <laughs> yeah yeah and listen to um her podcast i mean can we discuss and then on this side you got me Cheyenne Tyler Jacobs at she will speak as I was saying podcast and www.shewillspeak.com yes we we, we got dot coms over here y'all we lit certifications dot coms degrees you know we were people before we were people you know what I'm saying so we were we oh my gosh yes we were I'm like I said, I'm really happy for these monthly conversations. So I'm excited. Y'all should be excited because these episodes are going to be lit. You really are going to get a touch of our minds, but we'll let them, we'll let them simmer with what they just tasted today. Yep. Yep. So thank you so much, Shay, for having me on your podcast. Thank you for having me on yours. Right. Having me grace yours and you grace mine. You see how that works? (laughs) Yes, teamwork makes the dream work. Mm-hmm. Sisterhood. So until next time, guys. Ciao. Bye.